Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, potentially, maybe, you know, stay healthy. Offensive line keeps improving. Um, I think, uh, you know, we obviously miss Irv Smith. He's a, he's a terrific player, but, uh, you know, I think Conklin's done a good job. We've got good receivers. So, um, you know, it's doing a good job we just got to keep it up yeah that's right football yeah football oh oh look who it is oh it's former uh super bowl offensive lineman former former viking it's uh it's alex boone hello alex boone what's up guys how are you doing today it's all about football uh, man yeah we're we're sitting over here we're we're cutting our football into 15 pieces we're eating it very exciting. This is this is Purple Daily presented by Surly Brewing Company. It's Mackie Judd. It's our executive producer Declan. It's our football loving friend Alex Boone. If you guys are watching us as well, Daily Vikings Entertainment on a TCL TV, we appreciate you. You're supporting the show because TCL has a new lineup of award winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL, gentlemen. <laughs> The Vikings are on the board. Let's uh, let's all give them a round of applause. They finally won their first game in like eight or nine months. Uh, and Alex, and they blocked well. So I know we're going to do a lot of meat and potatoes offensive line discussion with you today. But I don't know uh, if you guys are ready for it, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm fired up today, man. This is, I don't know if it's the win over Seattle or the fact that Stefanski's coming to town, but, dude, I'm super stoked dude, right now. It's Stefanski week, you guys. It's Stefanski week. It's yeah. week. I knew him back when. He was Childress's guy in training camp in 2006 to monitor the weather conditions. <laughs> Childress called him Tommy Doppler. Childress would, would be like, can we practice? Because there's lightning right there. And Stefanski would take his phone out back then, 2006, and say, no, nah, it's going to pass just towards the west so we can practice. That was Stefanski's job. And now he's one of the most successful head coaches going. Hey, we all start somewhere, right? I mean, talk about no, no, good for him. Absolutely. I mean, I think it. That's the one awesome. thing to show is like the development of all the years that he's been here with all these coaches, and the fact that he's hit so well so fast in Cleveland. Like, it's incredible, and Cleveland needs that too. They're a big football city. Yeah. So, how how many times did you run into him at practice when you're with the Vikings? What's he give us a little behind the curtain of of Kevin Stefanski? Oh, dude, Kev was super cool back then because he was like, what was he, the running backs coach or the quarterbacks coach? And he, so he was like in this picture. How do they, just, how do they just move guys around, by the way? All right, you're well, going to be the running backs coach this year. The next year, you're going to be the long snapping coach. It's well, I think it's great. easy. I think it's easy because they're, they're, if you're involved in the offense enough, you figure out how everyone else is supposed to be. And then really, it's just the OC. I mean, as long as you're 
you know, you know what system he wants, what the plan he wants, how he wants it to, you know, executed. Things can be easily taught. And what are you going to work on as a quarterback in the NFL? Accuracy, timing, stuff like that. Like, even as an offensive lineman, you figure it out after a year. Like, okay, these guys are only really working on this right now. These guys are only working on this. I mean, as the season gets going, you start working on more plays than anything. You're not like, hey, we need to develop guys. You're like, hey, we need to make sure this rhythm is right. So everyone has to be at full speed and you know, Kevin was always so chill with everything. I remember he always laughed a lot. Like, he always had a smile on his face. I remember when I was around him, I was always in a good mood. So I like to be around <laughs> him a lot. And it was it's it's hard because, like, you have to pick your battles with these coaches. And sometimes you need to go talk to a coach. You know you're going to get yelled at. Like, with Kev, you just go over and tell a joke. And he'd start laughing. and be like, you're so right. You'd be like, God, this guy's the man. Like, he knows how to make me feel good. He didn't even say anything. Like, But, like, when when he went to Cleveland, you know, coming from Freddie Kitchens, Freddie was kind of a cluster. And he was because his, like – I was with him in Arizona, and the way he thinks, he's so like up in the air about things at times that you're like, to be a head coach, you have to be extremely decisive and like be like, this is exactly how I want it because if you give me any gray area, well, I'm going to play with it too much, and then you're not going to be happy. So you got to be really cut and dry, and I think that was Freddie's problem. But Kev got in there and was like, boom, this is how it's done. I've been on great teams. This is how we need to be. You know, Obviously, he was here when they went deep into the playoffs in 2017, so he's like, I have a formula of what it needs to be like, and now I have the players. Let's all put it together. And they had a great great roster when he got there. What's the defining thing that, that you see where an assistant coach, um, in your mind, ha- has the ability, Booney, to, to step up? Because, I mean, there's a ton of guys that want the job, but what's what are the key things that a guy like Stefanski, who's still you know a young guy, what does he have going for him where you say that guy could definitely be a head coach in the NFL? I think that when I ask you a question, if you give me a definitive answer, and I, and there's a lot of times where as a player. I'm more testing you than you're testing me just because I want to make sure that if we're in a really pressure situation, like I want to make sure I know the exact answer to this. And he always fired, fired him right back. And, you know, Pat Shermer always did too. Norv Turner, like they knew how they wanted their offensive run. And it was like, listen, this is what I want you to do. Don't ask me again. Got it. All right, cool. Also like in a pressure situation in a game, are you super calm? Or are you super crazy? Are you trying to yell at me to get me fired up or get yourself fired up? Like, you know, Kevin was always super chill, and that's a great quality for a coach because as a player, we run hot and we have a lot of emotions, but as soon as we start talking to you, we're naturally going to calm ourselves down because you're not really yelling at me. You're just talking to me, and I kind of feel bad for yelling at you, although the situation dictates how I'm yelling at you. At times, it'll be like, all right, I'm naturally calm now. This is what happened out there, coach. They brought out the free safety off the edge, and I wasn't paying attention. You know, instead of being like, well, you know what? If we didn't have six or seven checks and kills in there, I wouldn't be running through my mind every five seconds. You know, and then sometimes with these bad OCs or these bad coaches, they start yelling back at you. You'd be like, don't ever raise your voice to me again on the sideline. Like, you don't know what you're messing with. I'm running real hot right now. He's pissing me off. You're pissing me off. You're all pissing me off. You know, and you're like, but when you get around a guy like Kev, he's like, hey, man, it's okay. We'll get him back. You're like, all right, we will. You're right. We're so right. We'll get him back. Like, let's talk about this. And that's, and you see that too. Like, on their sidelines, they're always even keel. And before with Freddie and stuff, and even these coaches you see now in leagues, like, you see the sideline get too up and then they get too down. And they ride this emotional roller coaster. And by the fourth quarter, you're so drained. You're like, oh my gosh, we still got to play. Like, you got to be super calm the whole game, and Kev brings a great element of that. Where does Freddie Kitchens rank among great football names? Football. Well? <laughs> Freddie was that. Freddie dude. Kitchens, Vic Fangio, like it's right in it's right in that mix. Dude. Mount Rushmore of great football names. Freddie Kitchens' name is perfect for him. Like he is just <laughs> yes. absolutely. He, he looks savage. like 
He looks like, like hey, it. You've never met this guy. Are what you, do you think his name is? You're like, he looks like a looks yeah, like a Freddy, Freddy, like a Freddy Kitchens, probably something like that. He was in the Goonies as a child. Like he was just yeah. that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like he fits the role. And like when you talk to him, he'd be like, Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we got we all got to get out there. He come in the you come in the old line room in Arizona. He'd be like, Man, it's gonna be a pressure situation week. I'll tell you what. You'd be like, God damn it, this guy's killing me today. He's got a but piece that, of straw so, hanging out of his teeth. Oh, yeah, he was, and he's just, hey, guys, what's up? You're like, oh, is this the well, 80s? How, Jesus. How do you get the job then in I Cleveland? Think, I think sometimes a lot of people run into luck, and I think that he was in the situation where he kind of developed Baker, and they had this chemistry, you know, and that's another thing too is like if you can get your imprint on a quarterback early, owners will keep you around as long as that player continues to develop because that's the hardest p- position to develop in this league mm-hmm. is quarterbacks. Look at all these look at all these Heisman Trophy winners that come in here. Look at all these great passers that come straight out of college. I mean, look at them now. They don't understand football at our level, and so when you can get a guy that gets the game, that can get rid of the ball and knows how to check the ball down at times like dude owners will love you forever if they every year you just take these tiny steps to develop now eventually your career starts to hit the back end and that's when the coach has got to really put something together so uh so this so vikings browns just became exponentially more fun and meaningful because <laughs> the vikings beat the seahawks at home this last weekend um alex what did you i mean this was this was about as good of, a, of an offensive performance as you're going to see the vikings offensive line showed up our guy Kirk wasn't just putting up numbers in you know garbage time. He was making laser throws on third down. Yeah. I think all of us were teetering after that 0-2 start on. Yeah, I know it was two close games, but there's just a lot of cracks in the foundation. So uh, what did you see and how do you feel after the win over the Seahawks? Listen, to be fair, and I know people say sometimes I'm too judgmental, but I am because when you play at that level and you're expected to be at that level and you know what the coaches are saying on days like today, it's easy to turn around and say what the truth is. But this team was 0-2 for a reason. Like You just didn't make the plays to win the game. Now, you look back at this game against Seattle, and what I love, number one, is that they came out firing like Seattle did. Like Seattle came out with a plan, and the plan clearly was to be like, what's up with DK? Kids running hot and emotional. Let's get him the ball and see what he does. They drive all the way down the field. Now, what I love is that they turn around and they drive all the way back. Like That shows a team like, hey, listen, you only drove down the field first because you won the coin toss. We're here, too, to play with you. And that, to me, shows a big resurgence of this team. Like You're 0-2. Your back's against the wall. And credit Zimmer. Like You you know what to say to people when your back's against the wall. Some coaches have a hard time with that. They have a hard time telling you the truth. Like, listen, guys, we're in a real funk, and we got to pull ourselves out of it, or this can be a nasty year. Like, Zim knows how to do that. He's that coach. So they came out firing back. And you talk about, like, the way that Kirk was playing the whole game, like getting the ball out. And at times, he had a lot of pressure in his face that I, don't, I think goes unnoticed. And I think the problem with Kirk is this, like, there are times where he can sling it in there, and you're like, wow, that was a bullet. And, for example, the first touchdown to Conklin was a bullet. And Brooks was all over Conklin. Like, that ball had to be perfect, and it was. And then there's times where he gets a little bit of pressure, and sometimes the ball doesn't look as good, but it still gets there. Like, he's a very underrated quarterback. There's no question. We all know that. It's the problem becomes, like, everybody's going to throw all these problems on you when you're really the only person in the backfield. Now, what I think he did great was Dalvin wasn't back there, and he still looked great. Like, that, to me, shows he's taken steps. He can do this. Now, Alexander Madison definitely stepped up. Like, the way he run, that was awesome. And I think that there was a lot of yards left out on that field, especially for a guy like that. Like, he's probably pissed as hell today because he's like, dude, I could have had 200 yards all over that defense if there was maybe three more linebackers blocked. Like, that's incredible. 
Mm-hmm. On Kirk, um, the the one thing that I've seen, and you broached this, the time that it takes him to deliver the ball in 2021 is noticeably different. I, I mean, that's been the one thing is, is I, I would say this. Kirk has certainly not um, gotten ideal pass protection, but the one thing where I think he sort of has screwed the offensive line previously is he sits in the pocket and acts like, man, I'm going to have protection all, all day. How big a step is that for him now in what, year four here uh, and well into his career where that ball, it seems like in three games, is coming out quickly and clearly that that is going to help, you know, Kirk, the receivers, and most impre- and most importantly, Booney, it's going to make the line look good. Yeah, and he does. And especially, like, I think about this last game. There was a lot of plays where guys were just coming through the line. Like, there's a few plays where they went gone protection that they blitzed the backside, and the the guard and tackle were late to squeeze, and the dude's just running free, but he's just getting this ball out so quick. But my biggest problem with that, because, like, as a fan, and fans don't understand this, like, yeah, it looks great, and then nobody had to say anything, but that was his first read. What happens if he had to go to a second read? Like, that's when all of a sudden Kirk gets into a little bit of trouble, and at times the offensive line looks bad because when Justin Jefferson's not open right away or Adam Thielen's not open right away, you got to go to number two. Now, sometimes you got to turn to get there, and that takes time, and that linebacker's just just barreling down on you. And it's just, you're, that's when we're all like, oh, what was that? What, what the hell? Get rid of the ball. But at times, it's the old line. And they're, even on the play actions, like you see guys just running scot-free because – and I wrote this down. There was a big sin that one of the guys made on the, on the old line, and we call them sins because you're, you're not supposed to do them. But he took his eyes off a linebacker, and as soon as he looked away, that linebacker noticed he looked away and took off down, and he just ran right down the A-gap. And, like, you look at that, and, and thank God Kirk got the ball off. I think it was like a 19-yard completion to Justin Jefferson. But you're like, dude, had he not made that throw, I wonder where that ball would have went. I wonder how hard he would have been hit. Like, these are the things that you can mask with a win, and you're like, man, that's a great win. But they're things that they're looking at now that you got to be like, hey, listen, we got to clean this up because if you don't block that guy, and he comes running down there again, and JJ's not open down the middle of the field, we got problems. Like, these, these are real problems you have to look at down the road if you want to go deep into the playoffs. You got to be sound in everything you're doing. And credit Kirk, too, because he's like, listen, I know where my problems are. I got to get this ball out now. And he's throwing it hot. And I love the way he's throwing it. I think it's great. And JJ and Adam Thielen, I mean, they're they're just wide open. They run these routes so beautifully. You're like, how is he that wide open? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, don't, yeah, this, am, am I the only one that's like, oh, is there sure that's not dude. PI somewhere? What? Right. <laughs> Every play. I, I would not want to be in the Seahawks secondary meetings after watching the oh, film of that game. Let me tell you what. And, there, and, and, there, and there's going to be games probably starting this Sunday where the Vikings aren't just going to get like, you know, just, Judd had the stat. Was it like Justin Jefferson's receptions? It's like he, he was an average of, of five yards away yard. from the closest defender or something. Yeah. I mean, and that's good route running, too, because he's he's just really good at football. But that's uh, and that's but another that thing a huge difference. That's so fun about this offense is like. If you look at it, you think to yourself, and this is where I think Irv Smith and I and Zim kind of said that in the beginning of this show, but like he's like, we miss Irv. They really do because if you have Irv Smith, he got bigger, he got faster, he got stronger, he got better. Obviously, he's another year in this system. He's going to be a huge focal point. And right now, teams are looking at it like, well, hey, we got to stop these two guys. If Conklin makes all these plays, we're cool with that. We can live with that because our linebackers better chase his ass down. But when Irv Smith comes back, there's going to be a real problem. Like, hey, listen, this quarterback's running red high. And these receivers are just too fast to keep up with. They run too smooth. Like, what are we going to do? And that's when you get Dalvin running full speed. And that's when dangerous things can really happen. Uh, The good news for the Vikings is Tyler Conklin provides good insurance. 
oh. for Irv Smith. Much like Federated provides good Nobody insurance did? for your business. That's right. If you're a business owner out there and you're looking for peace of mind, a better night's sleep, and frontline protection for your bottom line and for your employees, hit up our friends at Federated. They've been around for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna. Uh, they even support Minnesota sports teams, so they're masochists just like we are. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Also, Moon Motorsports in Monticello is a big-time friend of the show here. And uh, they've got more major power sports brand under one roof than any other regional dealer. Largest selection in the region, making it the most exciting showroom experience in Minnesota. You can stop by, you can drive out to the edge of the metro area and just see them in person in Monticello. Or you can check them out at moonmotorsports.com. That's moonmotorsports.com. Get those nerds! Uh, to your point about uh, Kirk and getting the ball out, this is the first of maybe like two or three nerd football stats of the week for you guys. So uh, Pro Football Focus has what they track as essentially uh, pressure percentage. So what percentage of dropbacks did the offensive line allow a pressure of some kind? Um, and, and this is offensive line pressure, not like a quarterback running his way into pressure. And Kirk is one of the most protected quarterbacks in the league through three games. He's only been pressured on 27% of snaps. And and Boone, I think we criticize Cousins because he's not the best when things are breaking down. Like, in the NFL, things aren't going to be perfect. You're going to have to improvise. You're, you're going to have to flush out to the right on a third down play, right? Like, your offensive line's not going to hold up all the time. And in those moments, he's not always good. He was good in those moments on Sunday. But when you give this dude a clean pocket... And he has, you know, three seconds to throw or whatever it is. Stupid. He's legitimately one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And so if they can keep doing this, he's going to keep putting up numbers. Agreed, 100%. And not only that, but it gets – I mean, when you talk about starting to have a clean pocket like this, if Kirk can get into a rhythm, I mean, we all know he can make those throws. We all know he can throw strikes. Like, everything about that, we all know he can do that. If you can just give him a little bit of time and get him into a comfortable pattern, like, I feel like that's always the problem with these quarterbacks is that at times they just get ruffled or they get – you know, off their spot, and all of a sudden in their mind, they're like, oh, my God, i got to get rid of the ball now because they know that if a little bit of leakage could lead to a major problem later, so it just starts pushing them through their progression so much faster, and we see them make more mistakes, and you're like, what is going on out there? And then you forget, well, he got a little hit in the first quarter, and now all of a sudden his mind's racing, and I know where this goes. Like, to me, that kind of happened to Russ this last game. Got a little bit of pressure on him, and we went right back to last year, right? Like everyone now is like, "Man, when's Russ gonna want out?" Because he's getting this pressure, and in his mind, he's like, "I gotta get away from it." All I know is how to get away from something, and all of a sudden, we start rushing these throws, and the back end starting to solidify itself against our receivers. Boy, now I'm in a real trouble, and that to me is kind of like what goes on with these guys. But if you can keep Kirk comfortable for enough extended period of time to let him get into a great rhythm, this team's unstoppable. There's no question. So what do you think? Um, big win, I get that, but you're you're one and two. Still have two more games at home coming up, Booney. What do you think the film room was like Monday? Like when when they went back because fans now are saying great game and offensively it, it was fun to watch. But just from your experience, how happy were they? And and how much dissection do you think that there was? of flaws that we don't necessarily focus on from that game. 
I think that like when it comes to the team meeting, I'm sure it was, I could probably tell you it was like, listen, guys, we did it. We got in the dub column. We got that off our backs. Let's keep going. Let's move forward. I think now it's kind of like, hey, we know what it's going to take to win a game. Now let's go look and see how we can make it better. And it's when you go into the offensive room, it's going to be like, hey, we did a great job, guys. We were great in these stats, these stats, these stats. We need to pick this up here. When you go into that old line room, that's when things start getting really knifed up. And it's kind of like, hey, listen, we can all toot our horns and be really excited, but there's a lot of things we got to clean up. And especially like in the run game, like losing Dalvin was a huge, everyone thought it was going to be a huge piece, myself included. Like that's a big rock to lose. But then Alexander Madison stepped up in a big way. And when you look at that, there were so many yards left on the field. Like there was times where he wasn't getting touched till the linebackers. And the only linebacker that got him was the backside linebacker because they were smart enough to start playing this. Like it's called like a bear defense where you put three guys on the interior. Football. Yeah. Love the bear defense. Yeah, the bear defense. Yeah. played the bear defense. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Won, baby. And that's, what, and that's what people yeah. do. And that's what people yeah. will do when you start running the ball because they're like, hey, if we can stop this core, we can keep our linebackers free. Like, it's the old Mike Singletary defense where you're like, if everybody's busy up there, then these guys don't have to worry about getting touched. And, for, and credit them because at times in the game, like – Bradbury at times is just not big enough to go through nose guards. And there's going to be times, especially in this season, now that people have started to pull out this bare defense, that people are going to be like, hey, listen, if this center can't get through, we got a free linebacker going coast to coast. So when you're looking at it, you're like, dude, if you could have just got that linebacker, there were times where Alexander Madison probably would have went to the house at the 20. Like You're like, man, these guys were looking great, but there's always that one guy. And that's what the film room is today. It's like the harshest criticism because it's like, listen, we won, but imagine how much better it could have been. We could take all this pressure off of ourselves. We don't have to worry about giving up sack fumbles and all these pressures later because these guys are just trying to figure out how to stop the run. But if we're only getting seven, eight yards a run, well, defense is like, whatever. We'll, we'll we'll stop them eventually but if you're busting out these 20 yard runs well now they're like dude we got to go back to base we got to put in brian mo, mo what is his name uh monet where he's like <laughs> 375 pounds in the middle and then that's when you're like all right well you want to play base well here comes play action because guess what those guys aren't meant to pass rush we'll just let our old line go after them the whole game and that kind of has a double-edged sword too at times, but for the most part, that's what you want defenses to do. And they were they were they did it this last game. And I'm just saying they left more yards out there that they could have had. Booney, uh, this conversation. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Or go ahead. I, I, I was going to say quickly, like Booney. What I don't get is like his rookie year. Madison was awesome, right? Like I, I know Dalvin missed some time, so he got more more looks. But last year, I felt like he was just buried. And and Dalvin was Dalvin's a monster. Dalvin's a better running back than Alex Madison. That's obvious. But mm-hmm. how the heck can they get? Alex Madison more involved and more touches. You were, you were just talking about the Browns off the air. Like, they use all of their backs. Yeah. Like, how, how do they figure out a way to cook up and use all of their backs? See, this is a problem, too, though. Like, eventually you could be like, man, you got a lot of star power, but everybody's got to get the ball. And so you start to wonder, like, how are you going to fit the ball to everybody? Because you got Justin Jefferson out there. You got Thielen out there. You got Irv Smith coming back. You got Dalvin. Like, Alexander Madison on the pecking order is probably not even in the top mm-hmm. five of guys to get the ball. So you got to say, hey, listen, on all these opportunities, like, if I'm. If I'm going into this, I'm saying, hey, listen, any third and short, we're going to try and just start running the ball even more. Like, if we have to, because the way that he runs those, we used to call it a blunt because it was, you were like running into a blunt object. It was like a zone out of the nickel. And we always called it a blunt. If you could run, if you run those, dude. 
it spreads these defenses out. And we saw it last week where they'll go like, you know, four receivers wide, and all of a sudden you got one in the backfield. It looks like a straight pass rush, and then he just hands it off. And it's like these read runs you see all the time. But if you can get him more involved in something like that, the problem becomes like Dalvin's so special every down he touches the ball that it's like I don't want to take away from something that could be so incredibly amazing to something that, yeah, might get us a first down. Like that's that's such a hard thing to like mitigate. All right, Dalvin, you're gonna sit this one, Alexander. You're like it's like, dude, how are you gonna sit this guy? I mean, I I know the dilemma coaches have when they're like, you can't run them too hard. I'm like, I know you can't, but you have to. Like, you just gotta run these dudes because they control the game. And credit Alexander for stepping up when Dalvin went down because I don't think I thought he was gonna have as big a day as he did. But man, he looked good. All right, this conversation has taken an amazing turn toward the football-y footballerson here. So here's I want to I want to put Alex on the spot. I want to debut a new segment here that we're going to call Football. Football, yeah. Football. Alex teaches us the anatomy of an NFL play. This is Spider 2 snack. Yo, you don't know about no Spider 2. But that Spider 2 snack and he knows what I'm talking about. This noise. Dude. Me and John Bobby Stewart. You want to see something I, funny? I was writing down a note. We so they scored a touchdown on this play right here, and I wrote down the ex- actual call of it. It was uh, it was three. I don't know if you can see that. It was three fifty eight yeah. Ohio touchdown to Tyler Conklin. I was like, dude, they're just pulling everything. And it could have been a scorpion too, but dude, it's so fun to be able to watch these plays and be like, I know exactly where they got that. From. Okay, that's what I want you to do here. Yeah. Give us, give us the verbiage of an of like you've got to have your favorite plays that you've blocked and whatnot. Give us the verbiage of a favorite play of yours. Could be, you know, something you see on film. Could be something from your playing days. And then explain what the verbiage means to us and what the play is. I mean, dude, my favorite play was the most simple play. Like, I write 97 power. <laughs> like, you're just lining up in an I formation and you're running the ball right down someone's face. Like, that to me was fun. But then you'd get into, like, like if I was to go into a G-Row, and I have all these old tests that I probably should have thrown away, but you know me, I'm obsessed with this stuff. So I used to keep all my tests and... uh like now when my kids come home from school and they get like a, a C or something on their test, I'll pull out one of mine that says like excellent across the top with a million notes down it. I'm like, ah, maybe someday you could be as cool as me. They're like, they're like, you're such a loser, dad. How do you still have your tests? I'm like, cause I'm cool. But it was, it used to be like, you go into the huddle and it'd be like, all right, Kaepernick would say something like, all right, Hey, check with me, check with me. And he'd say, uh, pistol, right. Um, 97 power alert, 358 dancer uh kill 97 blunt and you'd get up what does the what does the dancer mean so dancer and this is a route that we run in my fourth grade team it's a go-go route and you run a swing off of it or you'd run like a post with it so you'd run the two guys outside of running they're clearing house and then somebody's coming across the middle to run something so we would do like a ton of those with especially when we had randy they loved sending randy down the field but you'd get up there and it would go like this Two high, one high. If it was too high, you always want to run the ball. Why? Because there's less guys in the box, especially for us. Anytime we had a too high, it was an automatic run. We were never going to throw it because we just wanted to punish people. And then all of a sudden, like, he'd start into his cadence, white 80, white 80 hut. You'd see somebody start to trickle down, and he'd go, alert, alert, alert. And that would put you into the pass play. Now, if he got up there and Giro would say, if we see this defense only, and it'd be something like a 57 front, which is very unheard of. It's a 57 is counted as the five in the front tells you it's an over defense. And then the seven in the back tells you that the will is on the ball. If it were nine, all the linebackers would be off. If it was a five, the Sam would be on. It's, it's like a really messed up system, but if you pick it up quickly, I know, you can learn Football. it. Wow. So, love this. 
he'd sit there and he, all week he'd be like, listen, this is a defense they pull out every once in a while, and they want to mess with people, we're going to mess with them too. So we're only going to run this play. And a lot of times it was a specialty play, like against Detroit one year when they had Indomitian Sue. If they lined up in a true overfront with everybody off the ball, we would run a crunch play. And it was a three-trap system, and three guys would go up and three guys would trap. It was the most – Badass play you could have ever thought of because all the big guys, when Sue was in Detroit, they were all taught, get up the field, get up the field, go, go, go. So we would all just invite him up the field, and then the tight end would come from three people down, and boom, you'd just smash him right across your yes. face. And that was Delaney Walker. And you know Delaney Walker hated people, so he was like, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> and then we had Vance doing it. I mean, it was so fun, but the problem was you'd get into some really pressure situations where – the crowd noise would be really, really loud. And like Seattle, I remember the Saints was really loud. Kansas City was always loud. And you would try to be like killing and alerting things, and you're trying to have a conversation. And like at times, nobody can hear you. So that's why we all went to like fingers and stuff like that. Like it's, it got so intense at times that it was like, guys, this is too much. And they were like, it's not enough. And you were like, okay, okay, you're right. This is, this is <laughs> yes. outstanding. So Inject how, it all. Cool. Yes. So, so how does a, a silent count work? Exactly. So the Browns are clearly not going to probably be able to communicate no, easily nothing. on Sunday. So they're, they're going to ha- they're going to have to go to a silent count of sorts. How do you do that? And how much difficult, more difficult does that make your, your life when the outside tackles, for instance, have to be, I would guess, peeking back to see what they need to see to know when the snap's going to be? No, they should never look back. As an old lineman, you're never supposed to look back because if you look back and look like if you look back at the quarterback and you look back again, the defense could change and it could mess you up. Like at times when we would go silent count, our center, I I fell into a really fortunate situation and the reason I know so much about this game is because Goody couldn't look back. He was I love Jonathan. He was one of my best friends in the whole world, but he had no flexibility. So he couldn't look between his legs and he couldn't look over. So he was so they came to me and, and they were I know they right? just did a neck brace just, just yeah. out there. I mean you <laughs> should like Listen, you like should have seen yeah. this guy. You should have seen this guy. He was the best. So they came to me and they were like, Well, we're not gonna mess with Mike. Like Mike's Mike. We're not gonna go to the first round pick and be like, You got an extra job to do. So they came to me and they were like, Listen, you're gonna have to be the eyes and ears for Cap. And you two are gonna have to have a great conversation a lot. I was like, Okay, cool. So me and Cap ended up obviously becoming really, really close. And we had a great system, him and I. But I would have to relay everything to Goody and then Goody back to him. And so eventually it just became a me and Cap show. But then what it would be was, like, I would look back and Cap and I would talk about something like, you want to kill this or what? And he'd be like, no, nah, let it roll. So I would give everybody the let it roll signal, and then I would slap. And when I would get back in my stance, as soon as I would set, Goody would say in his head, set hut, and then snap the ball. So it was always the same rhythm because a lot of times you see teams, they do it differently. Some teams, their center will look to the side, look back, and then snap. Sometimes they go yes. up and snap. Everybody has their own system. And sometimes they do, like, the double header where they're like, They'll look this way, and then you think they're going to snap it, and they don't. Then they look this way, then they snap. Like, it's so advanced because it's it's all about this rhythm. And as soon as the center gets set, everybody's supposed to know what he's saying in his mind, and then you're supposed to go with him. And it's if, if you do it long enough with the same group, it can be amazing. Or it could be a catastrophe if you keep throwing in new centers because all the new centers are always like, well, what's he saying in his head? And you're like, you're an idiot. You've not been paying attention in these meetings? He says the same damn thing for the last six years. Oh, I don't know what he's saying. I'm like, oh, jeez, get him out of here. Get this. Give me the quarterback. I mean, I think everything you've explained, and you're talking about just the like stability at the center position, but like to loop the Vikings back in here, and I think I think you were included in this. Like, if you go back to like the like the last five or six years, the Vikings have used something like 16 different starting guards, and then they've used like a handful of starting centers. 
Um, Ole Udo is off to a good start at right guard, and Ezra Cleveland is young and off to a good start at left guard. So they might actually have like guards solidified for the first time. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, the jury is still out, but like if you could give whether it's a center or a guard, if you could give the most important piece of advice to a team like the Vikings that's had a revolving door of interior offensive linemen, like what should you be looking to find in 2021 NFL? Center's got to be smart. They got to be leaders. I mean, it's you know you're out there, you're calling protections, right? You're communicating, but what are you looking for for interior offensive line play if you're if you're think, scouting for teams? I think the one thing I'm looking for nowadays is like where the where did all the grittiness go? Like even you watch all these teams, and at times like I remember when I was playing, like Jahari Evans was a great guard, and then there was guards. I mean. They were these guys were just so big and massive, and they would just pummel you. And now you don't see that because everyone's like, "Oh, well, the zone makes you have to be faster." That's really not true. If you can just go out there and kick someone's ass, it doesn't matter how fast you are. Like you just got to get there. And I mean, Larry Allen was one of the biggest dudes I ever met, and he got there in time. Anybody else can. You look at this now, and you're like, I. I I use the analogy, it's a watered-down NFL. It's all this, oh, we're going to do all these cool things, but at the end of the day, no one's really blocking anybody. And I think that when you look at this core now that they have, it's a good group of guys, and you can really do a lot with them. But number one, you got to tell them to toughen up. Like There are times when you're run-blocking and you see guys looking around like, dude, if I'm run-blocking, I'm run-blocking. I'm not worried about where the ball is. It can run up my ass. It can run up next to me. It could go the other way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like My job is to block you and then go find the linebacker. I'm not worried about where everybody is. And at times you see on film everywhere around this league, guys are looking around like, where's the ball? Where's the ball? What does it matter where the ball is? You don't have the ball. You're supposed to block for the ball. Like, keep going. And then you see these guys are getting, like, tackled in the backfield, and all these running backs have nowhere to go anymore because defensive ends who are just meant to pass rush are somehow setting the edge. Like, dude, that's embarrassing to me. But when you're looking at guards, you got to have guys that, number one, know each other because a lot of the times, and you're seeing this kind of a little bit with the Vikings, is like these stunts are starting to get a little bit home because they can't pass things off. Like the center can't pass off to the guard because they're working on different levels. These are things you got to practice every day, and you hate it. You're like, dude, i got to take 500 pass sets today. Why? And they're like, because they're going to twist you, and they're going to challenge you in the game, and they're going to come after you, and they're going to see how solid are these guys. And if you show any weaknesses, they're going to come after you. The three guys in the core are the, like the most important guys on the offense because if anything comes up the middle, you're done. You're never getting away from it. Quarterbacks can never escape that. So to me, it's like these guys are on the right path. They need to start working together more. They need to start like solidifying themselves in pass pro, in run blocking. The three of you need to be working together more, just hammering dudes off the ball. Don't let dudes tee off on you. Like These are things you practice through, and it comes with time, and I know it does, but eventually you're like, hey, man, you got a great running back behind you, but he keeps getting hit in the backfield. If you can get him to the linebacker, he's gone because he's going to take a linebacker 80 yards with him. Like He'll drag the guy with him if you can just get him up to the second level. And I, I think the problem, too, for Garrett is he's just so small. Yeah. Like, he's just not a I, – I, I don't know that God built him to play center in this league, and I'm sure he was fine in college. But you watch him, and it's not that he's just consistently bad, but there are times where you're exactly right. The Bengals game, he just literally gets shoved around. And I don't know if you can put on the requisite weight at this age to stop that. So, like, that's that's the one thing I don't get about the zone scheme is this we got to be smaller and we got to be faster. But what's really weird is that the interior linemen now are more athletic and bigger than ever. So, like... They they used to be huge, but they really couldn't move, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're huge, 
and they're Pro Bowl players. So that's where I don't get the zone scheme of let's get small and quick when the guy who is going to essentially line up head-on against you is going to be massive and quick himself. I agree, and I think a lot of it was the transcendence of guys like Aaron Donald, and they were like, hey, if he's going to get quicker, we need to get quicker. But they don't realize, like, Aaron Donald can be as quick as he wants. If he were to go against Larry Allen, he'd still get his ass beat just like everybody else did back then against Larry Allen because he was that good. Like, when I started coming out of the league, they were constantly like, we need guys to be thinner and faster and more able to run better. And you're like, well, why? Because on third down, they're going to bring the house and you're going to need a big dude to sit in there and take two guys. Like, eventually, you can't have everything you want. I think what they're asking for is guys that can just move better. We want guys that can move better. You can't really necessarily lose weight because, like you said, the teams that run the ball like this, like if you're a center like Garrett Bradbury and you're undersized, and you are. You're playing against nose tackles like Brian Monet that I just said from the Seattle Seahawks, who is 365 pounds. Like, that guy's just going to push you back naturally. Like, that's just what he does. So these coaches are like, oh, we need to get faster and thinner. And you're like, why? Because it looks good? Because what – I mean, like, that to me is always, like, hindering players. Like, they're like, no, 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 don't, don't gain that weight. Like, no, dude, you need to gain some weight. You need to get stronger. You need to know how to sit down better. These are things that are going to make you a better player. And eventually you got to tell the coach, like, listen, I need to get bigger. And I'm sorry, this is how it goes. Uh, Judd, when it comes to scouting the drinks that you're going to consume on the weekend, what are you looking for? Oh, let's see. What do I look for? I look for five tools. I look for how good the beer is, how good the beer is, and then three more times how good the beer is. And I found a five-tool player. It's Surly Furious IPA, boys. That's exactly right. You know, if you out there enjoyed the Vikings game on Sunday, but you did it without one of these babies, a Furious, you did it wrong. What you need to do, Sunday's game, Browns and Vikings, crack open a Surly, a surly Furious, enjoy the IPA that revolution, revolutionized Minnesota craft beer, don't settle, get Surly. Also a shout-out to our friends at the Minnesota Lottery and these Vikings scratch game tickets. A $5 game that can win you up to $100,000, a $2 game that can win you up to $15,000, and great second-chance prizes like Vikings tickets and merch. Just say, I'm in to Vikings scratch games from the Minnesota Lottery. Must be 18 or older to play. Uh, before we go here, what's the what's the fifth grade football update for us this week? Have you gotten uh, Have you gotten kicked out of the league yet? <laughs> no, we, we played another Chanchaska team. We won. Go figure. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was great. All, all the kids got to get the ball pretty much. We had a lot of fun. They were doing really a good time. We had a bye week this week, though, so I gave the kids the mm. week off. I told them. You know, I gave them the hardball. Listen, if you guys win, I'll give you this many days off. And they did, so... Coach should have gone soft. No, I no, mean, these, that's really come on. I'm telling you, man, these kids are so fun to coach. The way that they approach this game, I'm like, dude, I wish that half the guys I played with had your mentality. Like, they just have zero fear when they walk out there. And I'm like, that's how this game's supposed to be, dude. Like, yeah. just going to make sure none of those kids get arrested during bye week, okay? Like, you just, yeah. just want to yeah, make you, sure everyone comes back. They're under control now, bro. Hey, this is we, not good. We had the real meeting that the coaches used to have with us. Now, listen, it's bye week. You better not be getting any phone calls, many wives. <laughs> not, Coach. We're good. We're good. No OBJ photos on the boat. None of that stuff, all right? No, just, uh, no, no just drama, look the, guys. Look, look at the and yet far too often that one phone call comes in at 2 a.m. Can you believe to inform it? A coach, like, to inform a coach that a player is on the police blotter. Unbelievable. You think that they would care more. Here's one for you. I got one for you, Alex. It's red left switch. Z right. Sprint right G, U corner, half back flat. Oh, that's easy. Nice that's and easy. Lot. Let's walk it. Here we go. You want me to draw it up? 
I could yeah. draw it up I'll right play now. It one more, I'll play it one I more heard time it. here. I already heard it. You said it. Sprint left, sprint right. Z right, sprint right, G. U corner, half back flat. Nice and easy. Let's walk it. Here we go. Just walk it. Okay. We run this play on my team. We call it Q8. Okay, look at this. So it's okay. So it's a goal okay, line so, play. So you would be like, this would be your first pylon. Where is it? This would be your first pylon. Like this is your. Okay. This is your first read. This is your second read. Right. Okay. So you're. So this is a, this is a close close quarters red zone play here, and you're throwing to the to the halfback in the flat there, and he's diving for the pylon, and if he's not there, you're throwing you're throwing a back, back. pylon throw to the wide receiver corner. Yeah. Look at that, dude. Dude, that's cool. football right there. It's all if they the don't do it right, if, if they don't do it right, there's no bye weeks off. No, there's not. So uh, that's Alex Boone, everybody. Is that the best he you got, by the way? Is that, you you got to give me a tougher play than that. Sprint right. I mean, I, these all sound foreign to us. Like, I, I quit I, football in fifth grade, for God's sakes. <sighs> right sweep right was my was my jam. Well, now, dude. Fullback you know, dive on two. Don't don't they change these plays? Like what Gruden says to a play, wouldn't there be alterations to what your verbiage potentially was? It depends on the offense. It depends on the offensive system that you jump into. Like if you like Gruden, like if you jump into the same like West Coast system, it'll be called two jet. If you get if you get called into like a G row system, it'll be called something else. Like everybody kind of has their own terminology, but they always used to say the same thing. It's a copycat league. If you see it on Sunday, you're going to see it next Sunday from someone else. Because if it beats someone, it's got to beat somebody else, right? But they, it's like the same. You could like football is the same ten plays. It's just the same ten plays a hundred million different ways. And it's like you, no matter what, a power is a power. A sprint right is always a sprint right. It's never going to change. And Sometimes they'll throw on funky names just to help guys remember things. But other than that, dude, this is all the same stuff. Alex Boone, every Football. Tuesday here on Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, the Marconi finalist, Purple Daily. We're going to win it. That We're going to win it, yeah. We're getting this. Well, now that you're here. Dude. I think we find out in like two more weeks. So Come fingers on, crossed there. Hey, let me uh, late, late push. I love it. And don't forget tonight, Purple After Dark with our friend Realistic Randy, but uh, you can get your dose of Alex Boone every Tuesday the rest of the season and playoffs here on Purple Daily, powered by Surly Brewing Company. All right, boys, back to the film room. See you in the showers. That's a wrap on Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow.